I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Shannon Feltis. Shh, I'm Bonnie Dutch. Oh, yeah. And this is You Are That. It is. We're two sisters and uh, we can't take a compliment. No. All right. We have a remote episode coming your way, which means your brain at some point is going to say, Hey, this sounds a little different. Let your heart tell your brain. Hell yeah, it does. And I'm into it. So our guest today is a childhood favorite, and we also wish she was one of our sisters. Mm-hmm. You might remember her from a little show called Step by Step. She played Al. She is Christine Lakin. Hi. Well, hi. Oh, my God. We are so excited to have you. We are so excited. <laughs> you have no idea. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, you are... So much more than that, but that is what the nostalgia-based fan base is going to remember, probably. Obvious. Yeah. For sure. Or like, everyone remembers you from the hottie or the naughty. Oh, God. Where you had those beautiful teeth. Oh, boy. Okay, so real talk, I'm a little nervous. Why? Uh, You were my idol growing up, so I was kind of the Al in my mind. (laughs) And I was like a tomboy, and oh my gosh. we sat down as a family of six oh, wow. to sit and watch TJF and watch your show together, which was normally like a huge shit show. Total so, shit show. Yeah, <laughs> so it was kind of impressive. I'm excited. We wanted to have more siblings. So basically, we would sit down and we're like, you know what? These will be our TV siblings. We'll have our TV family. It'll be great. Oh, God. That's so sweet. Well, and you know what? I had no siblings. Oh, that's right. Have no siblings. So you were an only child in real life. So you surrounded yourself with other random strange kids that you totally. made your family. It was amazing. I loved every minute of it. And, you know, it was like you'd work together, then you'd go off to the school trailer and you'd all have like, you know, different teachers, but we were all in the same trailer. 
for the first couple of years and then people started to graduate and stuff. But just the antics, like I've always been someone who loves the backstage antics. You guys seem like you really gelled really well too. Yeah. And as much as fun as the show was, it was like the, you know, the behind the scenes and hanging out in the dressing rooms and being in hair and makeup. And, you know, it was just like all of the stuff we would just hang all the time. And and then at night, you get to go home and have your... Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, we all, we all no. really got along very well. And then you'd go home and you'd have your space because you'd leave at six o'clock or whatever. We shared <laughs> rooms for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Part-time oh, <laughs> So both of us also listen to Worst Ever. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we are so obsessed. It's not even yes, funny. I, I know. So I've been jotting down names for your rename of the podcast, and I think it's great. I don't think you should rename it. Yeah. Well, we may not. And we may just keep it. Um, we're, we're kind of like recalibrating, and I think we're going to uh, start recording again next month. Um so Allah and I are sort of like tossing around some ideas. We may we may actually just keep it, but we may change the format a little bit or add some new stuff to it um, just to kind of keep it fresh and a little different. Do you guys just feel like pigeonholed by the theme? No. It, I love the theme. Me too. I think it's cool. I love it. Um, you know, it's funny because like <laughs> the theme, of course, is all the worst things that have ever happened to you, mm-hmm. which I, I love mm-hmm. like leveling the playing field, especially with people who are super successful mm-hmm. in their own way and talking about like either career mishaps or personal mishaps. It just it kind of takes us all down to a human level, which at the end of, end of the day, that's what we all are. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for the amount of murder and reality <laughs> shows we talk about, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it could be called my my worst ever. I thought this podcast was about celebrities. Okay, I guess it's just about Allah's obsession with murders. Um, but yeah, dude. Yeah. So, what are you currently working on? Are you allowed to talk about it with us? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think it's a secret because everyone knows that this is coming out. So, as some people know, uh, aside from my on camera work. And, um, sometimes my directing work, I also do a lot of voiceover. Yeah. You were the newscaster on family guy. Yes, you were like exactly. Sassy revenge girl. <laughs> Joyce Kinney. Thank you. But yeah, I do, uh, I do a lot of audiobooks and narration as well, but I just finished this amazing novel. It's quite long. It comes out in October and it's for an author, um, uh, who wrote, you might know a book called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I love that book. Wow. Stephen Chbosky. And he's just an incredible writer. And he also directed Perks of Being a Wallflower, among many other movies, such as Wonder. Um, and he decided to come in. I got the job. And then he decided to come in and direct his audience. Ugh, that's cool. Which is, has been an absolute pleasure um, to work with a director of his talent and caliber, but also on something that he is so close to. So it's an amazing book. It's called Imaginary Friend. It comes out early October, and um, I'm just thrilled to have been a part of it. So this is this was like a 12 or 13, maybe 13 day journey for us. <laughs> in a very small little room with no windows. It can start to make you crazy after a couple of weeks, as you can imagine. And then you come home to the circus that is your children. So you are definitely going crazy right now. I know. And it's, you know, I'm just like, my husband and I are just like in the trenches of 
we have a toddler and a 10 month old. So it's it. And the 10 month old just started to pull up and like crawl around and walk. And we're like, Oh my God, what are we doing? (laughs) Super fun. We're going to pepper you with questions. Okay. We're going to just go through random rapid fire questions. You just tell us whatever comes to mind. Love it. First things first. Yeah. I remember hearing that your first kiss was Mr. Andrew Keegan. And okay. it was on air. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Well, not my first. Okay. Um, I mean, I was 15, so please. Um, uh, no, but he was, was it, and it wasn't even my first on-screen kiss. No. But we, he did come on the show step by step and he played like a love interest for me, I think for a couple episodes and in his dreamiest time, like mm-hmm. Bob oh, magazine, dreamy. Days. And he actually, um, and then we went on, on a few dates, you know, <laughs> nothing crazy. Not I mean, we were like 15, 16, we went to the movies and like went bowling and made out in his car on Mulholland. Um, and the cops chased us away. Um, what? <laughs> no, but that's amazing. Great. Um, that would have been my dream date with Andrew Keegan too. For the it wasn't a bad time. Um, <laughs> but he's, no, he's just such a, he's such an awesome guy and we're still, we're still friends. It's, it's very cool. So not on screen. Who was your first kiss? You oh, don't have to name yeah. names. Right okay. So my first kiss, let me think. Um, okay. So I'm in, it's the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Oh, yes. Um, I'm at a birthday party. It's a pool party. Yeah. And by this point, people were like, had just started kissing, right? Yeah. So it had been like a year of first kisses and people were kissing in the coat closet and kissing at like parties in the basement and that kind of thing. And I still not have my first kiss because my, my, the first attempt went horribly awry, uh, scarred me for a long time. So this is now the next summer and I was dating um a boy named Blair he had a bowl cut which was the trend then yeah yeah definitely and we were like in the pool and in the shallow end and she talks to angels by the black crows was playing oh my god you remember the song of course oh and we're like slow dancing in the pool and um all of my friends are like kiss her kiss her you know and like people were floating thing too there were like older kids there like eighth grade and they kept telling Blair kiss her and he was like he kept like shaking his head and like laughing and I'm like yeah I know it's so crazy but, like seriously you're gonna kiss me or what oh my God. and um and then finally like at the end of the song he like leaned in and it was like the quickest peck ever and then we both like like ran like parted like the Red Sea and like ran away you like checked it off your list and you were like I'm glad everyone was watching that weird, awkward moment. I was honestly, I was, I was just happy that it had happened, that it was nice and that it was over so that it could just like move on. You know what I mean? So classic for that age. You're like, K-bye. Totally. Like so dumb. And even though your bodies were like touching before because you were slow dancing, the moment your lips touch, you're like the opposite sides of magnets. Exactly. Like we couldn't just, we like couldn't handle the like afterglow of the peck or something. It's ridiculous. And the fact that, and why is, why is anyone <laughs> oh, dancing shit. in a pool? Who knows? So many questions. I was probably wearing umbros over my one Classic. Thing. You had a bunch of like wet butterfly clips in your hair? Oh, probably. I mean, 
Yeah, we're talking. This is like 1990. Oh, this those is before. You had like mood ring lip gloss on. <laughs> that shit was cool. Probably. Yeah, there was definitely a. Um, there was definitely a jelly shoe. I still have jellies. I buy them every summer. I think they're amazing. I actually saw some the other day, and I was like, ugh, I'm in envy of that woman's Kids jellies. Kids just wouldn't understand. I saw a woman the other day rocking saltwater sandals, and I was like, good for you. I mean, those were from our era, so. That was before you needed support for your foot. Like you could run around all summer in some flat ass sandals. <laughs> totally. We used to wear Chinese slippers to school. You know the black ones that you felt like in Chinatown? Yeah, zero. And they like, like fall apart in two seconds, but I mean they're super cute. So I know. Speaking of trends, what is a trend from when you were a kid that you wish was popular now? Or what is a current trend that you see and you're like, oh, I wish that would just die and bury itself? Okay. The trend right now that I wish would die and bury itself is this weird norm core culture of like wearing high-waisted <laughs> sweatpants with like right. a t-shirt, just like a random t-shirt, like from <sighs> Champs Sporting Goods tucked into it. And a full face of makeup. And those like Fila nurse shoes that look like moon shoes i don't know what is going on i think the kardashians started it it's like i just want to wear the ugliest sweatpants that i can find and my dad's huge baggy t-shirt i'm gonna tuck it in like i don't i i i don't understand it um and then a trend that i wish had been popular hmm when i was a kid right something they were now that you would have liked you would have been like, I could rock that. Oh, that kids wear now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the kids wearing? Um, I feel like so many of the kids are actually wearing a lot of 90s gear. I mean, fanny packs are back. Oh, yeah. Um, like those little backpacks. Yeah, the high-waisted Levi's, the stonewash high-waisted Levi's are back. Um, I mean, I can't wait till someone starts peg-rolling their pants. You know, the only thing that hasn't really come back that I really rocked for a long time, the the black Debbie Gibson hat on the back of the head. Yes. Mm -hmm. That usually with a big permed bang, but I was never allowed to get a perm, so. Oh, yeah. We both had perms. Oh, my God. Yes. They were poodle-rific. So bad. Crimping. (laughs) Oh, my God. The bird's nest bangs that you curl, and then they were in a perfect circle, and they just looked like a weird nest. You had that. Oh, my God. I tried so hard. Yeah. Well, Christine, you had really, really good bangs, and you had, like, the sporty bangs with the backwards hat. Was that, like, a step-by-step decision, or were they like, we are casting her because this girl's got rocking bangs? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I had bangs when I auditioned. Um, They really didn't change very much. I mean... I, I, the whole story of how I got the show is so weird um, because I was living in Atlanta and that's where I grew up and I'd been doing like local things there, you know, a couple national commercials, but like a lot of theater and some, you know, local things made for TV movies or whatever. And I randomly um, was doing a show in a, a theater thing and an agent from LA spotted me and said to my mom, Hey, like if you're ever in LA, let me know. Like, maybe we could work together. Just so, I mean, so left field, honestly. Yeah. So a year later, my mom's like, you know what? All of her friends are going out to LA 
for this spring break trip, but I went to a different school. So I had a different spring break and I couldn't go. And I was really bummed about it. My mom was like, you know, I will take you to LA on your spring break. And we will, while we're out there, maybe we'll just meet up with that. We'll just tell that agent we're coming and like, whatever, you know, if she wants to meet with her, if she wants to do something like fine, if not fine. So we came out for my spring break and she was like, yes, I want to see you. Like, let me figure out a way how we, I can, um, work with you from Atlanta. Cause at that time we're talking nineties, like there was no Skyping. There was no taking a video of yourself and an audition on tape and sending it. It was just a much bigger. Yeah. Like you're sending out that black and white glossy portrait. <laughs> oh, yeah, your weird headshot. And then like a VHS that's probably from some giant camcorder. Exactly. Thing. So they were like, you know, if we have a tape of her here, maybe doing some monologues, you know, we could submit her for stuff, whatever. So I have this monologue prepared and she's like, come to the set of Full House. This is true. And at the time, I'm like, what? Because I was a huge TGIF fan, like massive. I love this. And I watched it every Friday night with my friends. We would get our Book It pizza certificates from Pizza Hut for reading books. Yes, you got those too. That's right. We would go get our personal pan pizzas, bring them home, and watch TGIF, which at the time was Full House, Perfect Strangers. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was a hang-in with Mr. Cooper. I don't know. (laughs) What about Urkel? Was he on that one? Family Matter? I can't remember the other teachers, but it was definitely those two. Families do matter. Well, maybe it might have been Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, and then that fourth show always kind of rotated. So anyway... Uh, her, she had two children on that show. And now this lady was becoming a manager. She thought agent, something of that sort, but didn't quite know yet. So, um, so we go to the set of full house, she pulls some favors and they record me literally sitting on that like checkered blue and white chair. And I'm like freaking out because I, this is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. God, you know, like thinking about the monologue second, I'm like, whatever, this is like so amazing. I get to meet all these people and go, like visit the set. So I do the monologue. It's fine. It's this like monologue from um, Irreconcilable Differences. It's a Drew Barrymore movie and she's divorcing her parents. Super sad. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm like crying, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was always able to cry on cue since I was a little girl. Such so, you talent. know, show off the talents. So uh, in the control booth, because they were, this is how it like worked back then. They still had the control booth and there was still a guy up there, you know, punching the, the numbers. The executive producer walks oh, by. Oh my God. And he sees me on this this TV screen and he's like, who is this girl? Why is she crying? There's just a wet face girl with bangs. And they were like, oh, we're doing, you know, so-and-so a favor. It's just a monologue. We're just like filming it for her, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, okay, great. So we go home, you know, I, I get to also go to Malibu. We go to the Hard Rock Cafe. You know, we do all the touristy stuff. It's a great trip. Like that was great. Sayonara. See you later. About a month later, they're looking for this role in Step by Step. And they had had someone cast, but they couldn't they couldn't agree or make a deal with the show. And, um, and they were looking and looking and looking and like they had had everyone else cast for this role. And the executive producers like, remember that girl that was crying? So amazing. Yeah. Someone find me her tape. Like, could I even, who knows? Could I even do comedy? Who knows? So we get this call and they're like, Hey, they want to see you out in LA. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. No one flies across the country to audition for something. This is so absurd. <laughs> I'm like 12. Nowadays, people are like, I'll uh, be there tomorrow. 
I read a Craigslist post and I'm there. <laughs> right. So there. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so my dad's like, you know, listen, if you don't want to do it, it's totally fine, but I've got some frequent flyer miles. My dad traveled all the time. And as I said, I'm an only child. So who else were they using them on? And he's like, you go with your mom, you know, maybe it's just a story to tell the grandkids about like, you know, no pressure, but it just, you feel like doing. that is just so positive and supportive and wonderful. I know. And, um, and I was like, okay, but if you're sure, he's like, yes. And I said, well, I'm supposed to be taking care of Sarah Skartz's dog, Dusty. And I've told her I would do this. I tell you, I'm a very like meticulous <laughs> person. So he's like, I will take care of Dusty. And I'm like, well, I have to show you how to do it. I mean, I was really into taking care of Dusty. <laughs> Anywho, we go out to LA, you know, I do the, um, do the audition the next day and they have me at, back in right away. Like one more time, I do the same audition. They laugh the same way. I'm like, all right, well, that's it. They're like, okay, well, she's leaving tomorrow. So just letting you know. And the next day we get this call and they're like, yeah, you got the pilot. Yeah. So I stayed for, I think, two weeks, um, something like that. We shot the pilot. Everyone's like, don't count your chickens. These things never go. You know, Stacey Keenan's mom was like, we've done millions of pilots. <laughs> just letting you know, you know. Um, so we go back home and like, again, and so many people don't get picked up with the series too. There's always that. Right. Um, right, right. as you probably don't remember, like the pilot of stuff by step, I had a huge part. Of oh, that. I totally remember because that intro had so many weird little things about it. Like the ocean does not touch that roller coaster. No, we used to watch oh, that right. and our dad had the Hollywood critical eye cause he had friends in Hollywood and we were like, um, yeah, no. that is not right. That's and magic mountain. Exactly. And <laughs> you swapped out that kid and traded for a totally different kid. And we were like, uh, and we remembered all those yep. little details from watching this with dad. Yep. Well, yeah. Cause they weren't going to like re-rent magic mountain. By the way, who rents magic mountain to do a title sequence for a sitcom that wasn't even picked up yet. I mean, that's insane. They would never do that today. <laughs> no, they would just CGI everything now. Yeah. Right. And every time we went to Magic Mountain as kids, we try to recreate that shit. <laughs> but balloons, the whole nine yards. It was never like that. No. There was oh, lines. Oh, for sure. But I have to say, filming at Magic Mountain was pretty dang cool. Oh, I bet. It looked like the most perfect time. It was so fun. But I mean, and that was my first day on set. It's the first thing they did. Um but they wouldn't let us ride any of the rides because of liability. And they were like, we just put money on your head, so you're not allowed to fall out of anything. <laughs> yeah. Your liability. <laughs> the only thing we were actually, we legit rode was that weird boat that we went down. Right, the one that would definitely not kill you if it tried. We were allowed to ride that one. But um, anyway, so yeah. So in, and then, you know, two months later, the show got picked up and we were like, my parents were like, wait, what? Uh, what do we do now? It was always a little bit like, yeah, kind of always like fly by the seat of our pants, figure it out, adapt. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, I feel like that's where you get that. You're definitely like that now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been, you know, I've always been kind of a hustler and I always will be. I, I just, you know, I've, I've been lucky um, sometimes and I've been unlucky sometimes, but I've always worked hard. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, this business is, it's, it's so much of it depends on timing and luck sometimes. And, but you have to be ready for when the opportunity gets there. And, you know, it's like people remember when you, 
when you work hard, but they certainly remember when you don't. So I have some behind the scenes questions for you. I do know you are a huge fan of The Bachelor. Yes. And I myself was lucky enough to apply for and get on a dating show from the creator of The Bachelor. Mike Fleiss went ahead and put out a lovely show called More to Love. And it was for dating for plus size people. We called it The Bachelor. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited that you actually called it. That's my favorite. It was entertaining to say the least but we all got to dress up in really fun dresses and compete for the love of a chubby white football player oh my god i remember when you emailed me this story for and i was in equal parts fascinated and horrified by your yeah i'm equal parts disgusted and telling you and then uh i have a reason i'm bringing this up again So you're with a bunch of girls, you're totally sequestered, you have no entertainment whatsoever. You can't have TV, can't have magazines, can't have your phones, can't have anything. I'm an artist. They wouldn't even let me have a sketch pad because they were like, hey, she's writing down secrets, inside scoops. And I was like, nah, I'm just drawing a skull and crossbones because I want to kill myself. So to entertain ourselves, we would do things like make up fake cooking shows and look directly into the camera and get in trouble. We would get other people really drunk and pretend we were drunk and try to get secrets out of them. Oh my God. And we basically had a lot of off camera TV timeout moments that were very, very entertaining. And my question is... You guys were on set for many, many years. You grew up together. Was there any like behind the scenes things that you did that was like clubhouse style? Like you guys had games or little secret missions you did or things that you did to stay entertained? Oh, yeah. I mean, we would, you know, we were kids, right? So in the beginning, it was all about playing. Like I had an old ass Nintendo. And I put it in my dressing room and Brandon Colin and I would come up for breaks. We'd get like a 10 or 15 minute break from school. And we would go to my dressing room and play Mike Tyson's punch. Oh, that was the best game. So good. And he was really good at it. I was really never good at video games, but I was really good at watching people play video games. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, there was that. And then it kind of like morphed into like Sega Genesis and... We'd play Street Fighter and Contra and stuff like that. Um, And I hung out because I was sort of in the middle. So I would hang out with Brandon and um, Christopher Castile and even like the littlest one, um, Josh Byrne. And we would all, they would all like play video games together. And I was kind of like caught between two worlds because I was 12 and the, the older girls, you know, they were like 15 and 16. They weren't playing video games. They were like, Stacey was like very studious and focused on her studies. And I was just like a little too young for them. They weren't kissing people in swimming pools? No, probably not. I mean, I, I'm sure I, Stacey was probably doing a lot classier things. She was probably at like the Chateau Marmont having a martini for the but, uh, <laughs> but as I got older and, you know, then Brandon was like out of school and he was literally just like laying in his dressing room like reading probably god knows probably reading like nudie magazines who knows um yeah, but uh yeah. but the, then i became like better friends with the older girls 
And then we were like the three of us, we would, we would hang, you know, Angela and I were super close. We'd go to lunch all the time. We always, we had like our own language. We had all these like little isms. We would say these little, you know, we'd say these little things. We had inside jokes. We had like songs. We would just talk in that girl language of like, like we would just have all these like funny little things we'd say um, and make each other laugh. I think you guys would have a keyword that would set you all off laughing and Patrick Duffy's like, oh, and he was the funniest. (laughs) He honestly, he is the biggest prankster. (laughs) He is, he directed probably 50 of our episodes, which a lot of people don't know. Um, he's the nicest man and just, just like a total jokester, jokester, prankster all the time. And he was the one, I think more than anyone, he just kept the mood so light always. And I think like, I give both me and Suzanne, people always ask, you know, oh, Suzanne, like, was she a diva? People, I think want me to say that she was, and she, she couldn't have been farther from that. In that, like, she deserves the title in that she is like all that. She really is. Totally. Um, and but she is very humble and very grounded and very generous and very like self-deprecating. So she's a normal woman. <laughs> a normal fucking woman. And but yet someone who is so um, I think in the 70s was so misunderstood and labeled for the wrong reasons, for the reasons that we are all still fighting for today, PS. Yeah. Um, wanting equal pay for equal work. And God forbid, you know, she was sort of like, you know, they took her to like a witch trial for that. But but then like throughout the years to watch her, you know, she ended up um, during Step by Step, she had this line of cookbooks and then there was this fitness line and then came the thigh master. Just slinging thigh masters. I owned a thigh master in seventh grade. Oh God, yeah, I, we, I had a thigh master. We had a butt master. We, I mean, we had all the things. And she was the first one to make fun of herself about all of it. And she would, there were so many thigh master jokes. There were so many things in like, the gag reel. I wish the public could see these gag reels because they are truly some of the most ridiculous, funniest things. Like I want to see all the cutting room floor stuff, like the gag reels. I wish they would release those for like step by step. I think it's so funny. The like stairwells and stuff like you guys is set with a cast that big. I'm sure at some point you're going up the stairs and the stairs right. end in like nowhere. Oh, Yeah. So you're just like one person goes up and then just waits and then everybody else goes up the stairs and then there's like six of you on top of like a weird giant pedestal that goes to nowhere. (laughs) Oh, God. Seriously. I mean, we would laugh because, yeah, the stairs went to nowhere. And if you all had a scene where you all had to go up the stairs at some point, which there weren't that many but like one person would go up and the next person go up and then be like three or four of us crouched in like this, like an elevator space. Oh, I love it. Yes. And that's the bloopers we want to see. Totally. I was going to ask who broke the most. I could totally picture it being Suzanne. Yeah, someone's trying to make someone laugh. I mean, the worst offender of laughing was Suzanne. Hilarious. And when she would get going, she could not stop herself. And then Patrick would just keep egging her on. And I mean, truly some of the funniest, still some of the funniest moments. My parents have all these gag rails on like VHS and I really hope they convert them because we're going to lose them eventually. Can you just make like <laughs> time? Those yeah, man. Slide in our DMs, girl. Fulfill my dream. Seriously. I think I should. 
No, I don't think there's any copyright on that. At this point, I'm kind of like, why the heck not? When Step by Step hit Hulu, I was like, gonna cry. Because there was all these Reddit threads that were like, bring back TGIF. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not signing up for this, but I'm going to wish. Totally. Step by step, man. Yes, I know. It's so interesting, too, because there was this whole article that came out a couple of weeks ago um, that Time Warner, um, they're doing their own, Time Warner Media is doing like their own streaming service, you know, because everybody's like, oh, duh, why weren't we doing this already? We don't have this material. And I think because of the success of Fuller House, and clearly they... Um, they optioned that out. They sold, I don't think they sold the rights, but they sold the option or whatever to Netflix to make it. And it did so much better than I think they thought it would. So this, um, this article came out that they are, they are considering, I guess they're in development on uh, doing reboots of step-by-step perfect strangers. and Family <gasps> Oh my God. Perfect strangers. Oh, I just got full body goosebumps. Oh my God. I'm covered oh, in goosebumps. Right. That's one of my favorites. It's, I loved that show. Ugh. <laughs> Do you remember when Balky Bartokamus came on Step by Step as Jean-Luc? Yes. 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 Oh, I love a good crossover so much. I loved it. And oh. that was like the whole like Cody swap out thing. Yes. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. We got so excited because Balky was like my mom's character. favorite person in the world. Totally. Yeah. Do you want to play the roommate game? Oh, totally. oh it's so good. Okay. So, you replace the word kids with roommates, and then you tell us the crazy fucking shit that happens in your house. Um, So, the other day, um, my roommates, I have two roommates. Um, One is a boy and one is a girl. And I said to the girl, um, please put your own butt away and stop torturing your brother. that happened um one of my roommates recently told me that her boogers love her and i said why is that and she said because i give them a home in my nose and in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's probably the winner of ones i've heard so far i'm always really curious and they always say that if you're in one profession, like the actor always wants to be a singer or a musician always wants like a movie role for no reason. If you could pick any other career other than being an actor, what career would you choose? Well, I mean, you know, if I could sing like Kelly Clarkson, would I be doing that tomorrow? Yeah. She got pie. Who doesn't want to be able to like have just like a, I would love to have an, an, crazy powerful belt with a huge range i mean that sounds super fun you did a bunch of musical theater though you can sing Um, and i love to perform and you know so if that were part of my repertoire that would be amazing no at this at this stage in my singing life i used to sing a lot more at this stage i'm like i'm like a dramatic pipes like a celine (laughs) dion situation yeah yeah, like if there could be something like that, sure. I mean, that's like definitely. If I could even just sing like that for one that'd day, be a cool day. that'd be amazing. And just go do a Broadway show, sing the national anthem somewhere, be at the Super Bowl, and be like, I did it. I'm done. Not like it. Fergie national anthem, but like <laughs> classic. Yeah, like classic style. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I think she's just like, I think she's amazing. I think it would be so rad for one night just to go and like step inside of her body and be at Coachella or something and just, you know, B 
be able to experience all of that in in a moment. Yeah. And it's also acting is not a meritocracy. So I, you could get one great role and it doesn't necessarily mean that it leads to another great role. And then it started to feel like... When did you first get a taste for the director's hat? Like, yeah, a little bit more control. Um, yeah, I first got the taste of just, just like creating my own content. Um, I, I created a, a web series that I sold to Hulu way back in the day um, called Love and Lakin. And you can still see it. It's on my YouTube channel. Like, I don't really know how to work YouTube because I'm not 12. But, um, but you can check back. it. I don't know how, but it's there. <laughs> she's not going to link it. But if you dig it up, that's your own problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I, I wrote it like literally just on a whim. I was taking this writing class and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put something out there. And I had a friend of mine help me with some of the episodes and we ended up turning it into, I think like, I think it's like 12 episodes or something. I had another friend at the time who was doing documentaries, but he had access to all this equipment. And he was like, Lincoln, I just want to do something with you. Like I'm doing all these really intense documentaries and I just want to do something fun and mindless and crazy. I was like, I just wrote this thing. Like, let's, do you want to shoot it? And he's like, yeah, let's shoot it. And I mean, and it was so much fun. So I ended up writing it. I directed a couple of the episodes. I started all the episodes and it was just like, oh, I am in my element. This is what I want to do. And I'm to the point now where, you know, I've written a bunch of stuff. I've pitched tons of things. I sold two, one went, um, but I, I really love, I love working with creative people. I love working with actors because I understand them. And I love being on the other side of something that feels like you can do a, a great job and that actually builds onto a career and builds onto opportunities in a way that just acting. Well, that's the good part of being a creative. Like Bonnie and I are both creative brains and we do a lot of stuff where we have a lot of false starts and we throw a lot of shit at the wall just to see what sticks. And that's kind of the cool process of everything and do what makes you feel happy and then don't do the things that don't make you feel happy. I mean, life's too short. It's true. And sometimes you start a project and you get other people involved and it just like morphs into its own entire project that when you're done, you're like, this is actually way cooler. It's not what I planned on. But with everybody else's creative brains and it has turned into like its own majestic beast. True. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and direct a bunch more episodes of television this fall. And I am, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Um, And there's no part of me that feels like when I'm doing that, I never sit there and look at the actors and be like, lucky. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm never looking at, I think what they do is amazing. And I, I've been on that side and I love it too. But when I'm sitting in that director spot, I am perfectly happy to be there. All right, we like to play a game. It's called This or That. And in this case, we're doing a special version called Worst Ever, This or That. So we'll give you two options. We want you to pick the worst option for you. The worst of the two, which you would not like. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That sounds amazing. So good. Shannon, why don't you start? Too cold or too hot? Okay. Too cold. Food poisoning or hangover? Food poisoning. Too hungry or too tired? Uh, 
I'm going to, I'm going to say tired, but I'm always tired, but I'm also, I've been, I was an actress for so long. So I know what it's like to be hungry. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's both. Usually both. As a mom, it's always both. Missing your flight or missing your mom's birthday. Ooh. Ooh. Getting your mom's birthday. That would make, I did the both. guilt. Southern guilt is real, though. <laughs> I would feel terrible. The guilt. But it's also, I can never forget my mom's birthday because it's Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I used to think everybody celebrated my birthday on Cinco de Mayo because my birthday's on May 1st. And I just thought that a pinata was standard. <laughs> yeah, it's like a party everywhere on my mom's birthday. Right? <laughs> yeah. You have the flu or your husband has the flu? My husband having the flu. Mm-hmm. men just get the flu so hard right yeah. it's so hard yeah it's like having three children instead of two yeah yes it's like if i if he has the flu then i'm taking care of all the children and taking care of him if i have the flu i'm just like go away just leave me be i'll i'll figure it out you know what i mean <laughs> i, I mm, womp womp food stuck in your teeth all day or a skirt tucked up in your panties in a crowded room for just a moment I, i'm gonna say food in my teeth because um at least if people are kind they could pretend the other one didn't happen but if you've done that all day and like i i put in a lot of facetime with people all day that would be that would be, pretty, <laughs> yeah, I, that would be terrible okay toothache or earache um, ugh. I guess I, I think I'd pick toothache. That's worse. Yeah. Cause that goes into your brain and then you're just like, you have like a headache and ugh, it's awful. And then you know that a drill is coming. At least with an earache, it's bad, but there might just be drops. Oh, oh God. <laughs> That's so true. That is the worst. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Awful. They both suck and you can't reach them. <laughs> Where can all the people find you in all your endeavors? Run the gamut. Where can we find you? Sure. Um, you can find me on all social media at Yo Lakin. Yo Lakin. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I have a blog um, that I sometimes write about things. Sometimes if I have a wild hair, um, you can find me at christine-lakin.com. And then uh, my podcast is Worst Ever, and you can find us at Worst Ever and Worst Ever Podcast. And we can find your directing stylings all over the place, like on all these different shows, yes? Yeah, you'll see my directing again this uh, fall on the Goldbergs and also on their sister show, School, both on eight Hollywood Darlings is on the Pop Channel. Pop. You can stream it. Yeah, you can find all of uh, season one and two of Hollywood Darlings on um, the Pop app. If you want to check out Love and Lakin, if you're a YouTube maven, you can find it on YouTube. Rabbit hole it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it too. K-hole, Love and Lakin. There's a good one. Actually, one of my, this would be the last thing I leave you with. Um, Speaking of uh, footage that has stayed in the vault, there is... One episode I did after oh, I was filming Love and Lincoln during you again, and there's one I did with Jamie Lee Curtis that is. I feel like she would be so super funny. sassy. She is so dirty and hilarious. But at the time she did it, and then afterwards had a um, got an endorsement deal with a company that was very conservative, 
and was like, I'm sorry, you can't air that. And I'm like, damn it. Um, so someday I hope it can get leaked, but, um, for now it will have to stay, I guess, in the vault. But anyway, she is, she's a gem and was just, I mean, there's a reason she's married to Christopher Guest. I'll put it that way. She's just. Dang girl. People just join your orbit. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me again. And thank you for bearing with me and like all the craziness that is swirling around my life. This was actually so fun. And I, uh, I, I just had a blast chatting with you guys. So this is the uncomfortable part of the mm-hmm. podcast. We shower you with praise. And it oh, feels so gross. Can't believe you're nervous in the first place. You are a role model. <laughs> you're ass kicking. You're hardworking. Mm-hmm. You're driven. You're really funny. You're well spoken. And girl, you are aging like a dream. Seriously. Like <laughs> it's image. Unfair. Image and beauty shit shouldn't matter. Right. In Hollywood, truly. But girl to girl, yeah, you look it. you look fine. You are so fit. Wow. You're fit as fuck for making two people yeah. with your body. Go you. Like kudos. You look amazing. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh man. Well, thank you guys. Those are such nice things. It's so sweet to you say. Um Thank you guys. You guys are that Uh, as well. Thank you so much for joining us and hanging out and talking with us (laughs) about all the things. Such a good talk. Yeah. Thanks. You too. We love you. And I'm way less nervous now. This has been the best. You guys, we have a merch store now. Oh my God. And it is incredible. You can get all kinds of cool stuff on it. So we definitely recommend you check it out. It's you are that merch.com. Yep. Um, if you are in our Patreon group and you're in one of our tiers that will give you a merch discount, those have been sent out to you. So check your inboxes because you can get 20% off your entire order. That's so much. Mm-hmm. Just find us on patreon.com forward slash you are that if you are not already participating and you'll get your code as well. And what if people want to participate for freezies? Oh, that's really good. Um, word of mouth is bomb. Tell yeah. your friend. Tell oh my your God, mom. Yes. Tell your auntie. Tell your mom and your auntie's friend. Tell them all. And we appreciate it. Listen to it with your mom. And then you and your mom can sit down and have memory lane where you talk about your own memories. And she tells you stuff that you forgot about, about when you were like two years old and your brain didn't work then. I like that. And if your mom tells you a thought and you're like, oh my God, this is what I need to put in my review. When I do my five-star rating on iTunes to help the girls. Tell us what your mom said. That's how you review. I love it. Please play this for your mom and then review with memories that your mom told you about yourself. Right. Please. Project of the week, guys. And if you don't want to share that particular tidbit, if it's a little too personal, but you still want to share it, get all up in the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. And then you tell those friends and then they'll tell their friends and then you'll hear their stories. It's great. It's a clubhouse. The Yacht Clubhouse. The Yacht Clubhouse. And you can find that on Facebook if you just search You Are That. We have a group and we have a page. So if you just want alerts, you just want to know what's up, Facebook page. Like it. If you want to participate in the group, ask to join the group. You'll be approved because all your friends in there can approve you right now. So it's like kind of a madness free for all. People remember when you when you work hard, but they certainly remember when you don't. The joyous times of the 90s. 
Absolutely. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 